Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, um, I, want, I want you to go with me a little bit here, okay? I want you to think about the, the first memory you ever have as a child of being in pain. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you my little story in a moment, but, but, but while I'm doing that, maybe for you to think about the first memory you can remember when you experience pain. And if you can remember that, and if it's appropriate, maybe put it in the chat right now, okay? Just share that with us, engage a little bit. But for me, I was about maybe four or five. Um, it's definitely the earliest memory that I have of anything, to be honest. And I was on a, uh, a little a little trike, you know, a little three-wheel bike. And there were t- two girls in our street who were, who were older than me. And they, they liked kind of, you know, hanging around with me a little bit and stuff. And, and, and they were pushing me on this bike. And they were pushing me around the street. And, and they pushed faster and faster and faster. And I kind of lost control and ended up crashing uh, into a wall. And my face hit the wall. And my lip just exploded. And blood kept pouring uh, out. I'm sorry if there, there are children in the room there as well. But I can remember knocking on the front door saying, Mom. And the blood, and I remember that was my first experience of pain. You know, I'm not talking today about physical pain so much like that, but I do want to talk to you about internal pain, okay? And um, there is so much pain in our world, isn't there? You know, whether it's the global issues of kind of child poverty or famine or, or wars or natural disasters or pandemics like the coronavirus, or whether it's the really, really big issues of pain like roadworks. I mean, why in lockdown are there still so many roadworks or automated telephones or buffering on your Wi-Fi or losing the remote control? You know, there's all this kind of range of what, we, of what we decide as pain. But here's our title today. We're going to talk about bigger than our pain. We've been looking the last few weeks uh, that there is someone and something bigger than our struggles, bigger than our fears, bigger than our doubts last week, and then today, bigger than our pain. Before we get into this chat, there is a ground rule. The ground rule is this. Do not compare your pain to anyone else's pain, okay? We often do that. Now, that's a helpful thing in terms of perspective, okay? So stepping on the Lego brick or having brain freeze is nowhere near as a pain as some of the things I've just mentioned. But it's really important that we don't compare our pain to everyone else's pain. Now, I'm married to a nurse, a nurse educator. My son is a nurse. My daughter-in-law are nurses. When, when, when we could all get together, we can't at the moment, when we, when we did get together and they would talk nursing stories, I'd often walk out and, and, and being in a, in, a, in a room where everyone else is a nurse, all right, you've got it. I don't get a lot of sympathy when I'm in pain. But I do know this, my wife, she was um, educated as a nurse many, many years ago. I think when Florence Nightingale was a girl. Joking, I'm just joking. And she was taught this principle, pain is what the patient says it is. So if you're in pain today, Don't compare it with someone else's. That's not helpful. Pain is what the patient says it is. But you know, when it comes to the subject of pain, and maybe not not the physical pain, but when it comes to the subject of internal pain, we all have a problem when it comes to thinking about God. You see, for some people, the presence of pain is proof that God doesn't exist. I mean, how can you believe in God when there's so much pain in the world? I've heard that said to me so many times. Here's the interesting thing. People that say that there is no God often blame God when bad things happen. And I think, how can you blame the God that you say doesn't exist? 
But of course, the problem of pain is we have to blame someone. So for some, pain is the proof of the, of the, that God doesn't exist. For some, pain is a conundrum. I believe God exists, but if pain is here, then either God is bad, okay, because he allows it to happen, or he's weak because he can't do anything about it. And, and so pain is this kind of conundrum. Today, I don't want to really look at the big philosophical questions of pain, okay? I want to make it really personal, guys. You see, for many of us, pain, internal pain, is connected to loss, Whenever we lose something or we lose someone, then there's a pain. It's a little bit like grief. And I'm not just talking about when someone dies, although that's very real. But anything that we lose can feel like pain and it can be like grief. And during this season that we're in, this coronavirus, and we're now entering into week eight of lockdown. And of course, we're waiting to see what the prime minister has to say this afternoon. But during this eight weeks, you know, if you, we've all experienced pain. We've all experienced loss. And you know, maybe some of the, of the pain and the loss that we've experienced is normal pain and loss just feels so much worse during this season. Just a few weeks ago, I did a funeral for someone, a member of our church, Graham, just a lovely, lovely guy who was a faithful, quiet man who loved his family, loved his wife, loved his, loved his kids, his grandkids. He loved his friends. He loved God. And yet when we came to the funeral, there was just 12 people there. And I know that place would have been packed with so many people and, and it's painful going through any kind of funeral, let alone in the lockdown. Or, or maybe you've lost your job through this season or, or, or you're fearful that you're gonna lose your job. Or maybe you're an employer and you've had to lay people off. That's painful. Or young people, guys, maybe you've, you've had to let go of your exams. Maybe you would have been doing GCSEs coming up now or, or your A-levels and, and that's a loss and there's pain in that. Or maybe for some of us, it's, you know, we can't see friends that, that we wanna see or, or like us, we'd have been going on holiday next weekend for a week and that's gone and, and we all know and we understand loss and pain is so, so difficult. You know, for us as a family, um, many of you know that um, my mom passed away just, uh, just at the start of lockdown, really, and the funeral was March the 17th. A few days after that, we went into total lockdown, and then during this lockdown period, uh, we've had our first granddaughter, Talitha. In fact, tomorrow, she be, she'll be six weeks old, and we haven't held her yet or hugged her. And I get that sense of loss and pain, but you know what? There is someone and something bigger than our pain. And that's what we want to share with you guys today. You know, the three questions we all have when it comes to pain are simply this. God, are you there? God, do you care? And God, can you do anything about this? They're the three questions we all ask. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, we ask these questions. God, are you there? God, do you care? And God, will you do anything about it? So what does Jesus have to say to encourage us when it comes to the subject of pain? Well, let me just pull out one verse from John 16, verse 33. And Jesus says these words, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Jesus got it. That's brilliant. Leave it there. But then he goes on. In this world, you'll have trouble. Oh, hang on a minute. Jesus, you, you promised us peace and now you're talking about trouble. And in fact, in other translations of this verse, um, that word trouble is often called sorrow or difficulty or trial or can I suggest pain. But then he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, the band REM uh, had a song years ago, Everybody Hurts Sometimes. And, and what Jesus is saying is, guys, whether you're a follower of me or not, you're gonna have pain because you're human 
But here, here, you need to know this. In the middle of your pain, you can know peace. Why? Because I am bigger than your pain. So how do we know God is there? How do we know God does care when we're in pain? How do we know God can do something about it? I want to track you a little bit through a story in the life of Jesus. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. And one of the parts of the Easter story that we don't talk about a lot is when he was in the garden. It's, it's called Gethsemane. So this is the night before he's going to die. He's going to be crucified. He knows this is coming and he's carrying so much pain. And here's an interesting look into pain and into where God is in the presence of pain. And it says this in Mark chapter 14, verse 32. Uh, it says this, they went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them, stay here and keep watch. I mean, he's carrying so much pain. He's the anticipation of physical pain, but he's carrying relational pain. He says to these three guys, will you just stay here and watch while I pray, okay? This is the biggest moment of my life. He comes back and they've fallen asleep. Anyone ever let you down? Anyone that you thought you could count on? And they don't, and they let you down, and they're nowhere to be seen. Jesus is carrying mental, physical, relational, emotional, spiritual pain. He's carrying it. It goes on to say, it's going a little farther. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, uh, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. You see, Jesus is saying, he's saying to, to Abba, that, that, that word Abba literally means daddy. He's talking to his father. He's talking to God himself. He's saying, daddy, are you there? Daddy, do you care? Daddy, can you do anything about this pain. So what does God do? Well, in Luke's version of this story, in Luke 22, it says this, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, powerful word, being in pain, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Guys, God didn't take the pain away. But he met him in the pain and he strengthened him in the pain so he could go on. God is bigger than our pain. Whatever your pain is, don't compare your pain. Pain is what the patient says it is. But God is in the midst of that pain and he can strengthen us so that we can go on. You cannot point a finger at God and say that God doesn't understand our pain. You see, here's the truth, guys. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want you to know something. God loved the world so much that he didn't want to just shout at us from heaven, but he came in the form of his own son, Jesus. When you've seen, the Bible says that Jesus says, hey, when you've seen me, you've seen what the Father is like. And I know this is hard maybe to get your head around, but, but Jesus was fully human and Jesus was fully divine. Jesus was fully us and he was fully God. And Jesus knows what it's like to go through pain. That's what I love about our faith. That's what I love about God so much that when I'm going through pain, I'm not talking to a God who's distant, who's remote, who's uncaring, who's, who's just like stone or, or, or an idol or just, a, just, just, just an idea. He's not an idea. God is not an idea. God's a person, Jesus. And, and, and the Bible says so much. You see, when we ask these questions, God, are you there? God, do you care? God, can you do anything about it? You know the answer? Yes, look at Jesus. 
See, when we look at Jesus, we see a, 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 someone who, when his own friend Lazarus died, the Bible says he wept over the pain of losing his friend. The Bible says that when he looked out at a crowd of people who were lost like sheep without a shepherd, he had compassion on them. When women that were um, victims of injustice came along, he lifted them up and gave them value and dignity. When people affected by leprosy came across his path, everyone else turned away and moved away. He not only healed them, but he touched them even though he didn't have to do it. And I love this verse in Psalm 34, verse 18, from the message translation, it says this, if your heart is broken, and guys, if you are watching right now, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. It's not a beautiful verse. So, so maybe you are in pain right now. Maybe it's not a huge pain. Maybe it's not that you've lost somebody. Maybe it's not that you've lost your job or any of those things, but you're in pain because you're in some loss. Maybe just a loss of friends or the loss of your freedom or whatever. You need to know God is right there. He will help you catch your breath when you are kicked in the gut. So what do I do with the pain in my life? How do I experience a God who is bigger than? Before we do that, let's look a little bit at what we do for other people who are also in pain. How do we help those who are in pain? Not just ourselves, but others who are in pain. One of the reasons I love this church so much is the way that we don't just react when crisis happens. We don't just react, we respond. And over the last eight weeks, guys, we've not just reacted to what's happened with coronavirus, but we've responded. Guys, when you give financially, when you pray, when you serve, many of you over the last eight weeks have been so faithful. You've enabled us as a church to reach out beyond our walls, beyond the lockdown and help so many people in our community. So good that we can stand with others in their pain. But you know, it's one thing to do practical stuff and that's so good. But there's something else that when we're trying to stand with people in their pain, that we don't just do practical stuff, but that we allow ourselves emotionally to engage in their pain. And we don't have to come up with the answers. We just have to be there. Here's the thing. We struggle with that often because we don't know what to say. But you know, here's the thing. When, when you know someone, uh, okay, in your world who's, who's carrying some pain right now, I just want to say to you, don't avoid them. Don't avoid them. I heard a guy called Tony Campolo, some of you will have heard of him, a famous preacher and author, and he said that he went to a funeral of a friend of his once, and as he got to, this is in America, he got to the funeral parlor, he realized it was the wrong funeral, and he didn't know this person who died, and the only mourner there was this guy's widow, this guy's wife. And so he didn't go away, but he stayed there through that, and then he went to the cemetery with her, and at the end of the whole service, he came clean and he said to her, I'm really sorry, I, I, I didn't actually know your husband. And she squeezed his arm and she says, I know you didn't, but the fact that you stayed with me all afternoon has meant such a lot to me. Guys, we don't know what to say, but don't avoid people. The other thing I'd say, don't try to outdo them. You know, when someone says, oh, the pain I'm carrying, and you say, pain? That ain't pain. You should see my pain. You know, oh, that's not pain. That's really, really unhealthy. In fact, Oscar Wilde, the, uh, the, the famous uh, writer, he, sa he said this. He said, come over here uh, and, uh, and sit next to me because I'm dying to tell you all about myself. And we're often like that. But when other people are carrying pain, don't avoid them. Don't try to outdo them with your pain. And don't try to ease your own awkwardness by saying easy, trite, or superficial things. Like, oh, never mind, chin up, always look on the bright side, all things work together for good. Those are really unhelpful things. Instead, just be there. 
what people want more than anything. And I think in this season, we don't have all the answers. But God wants to meet us in our pain and he wants to help us to meet others in their pain as well. So what do we do if we are carrying pain? What does good grief look like? Let me give you four things in our time together. Number one, don't pull out of life. Don't pull out of life. Now, I know that's so difficult at the moment when we're in this lockdown situation, but I remember many years ago in our, in our church, I was uh, a young uh, pastor just taking over, leading the church, and um, one of our um, families had an incredible tragedy. They're still with us, and, and their seven-year-old daughter died in, in, in the mom's arms, in the parents' arms, and and I remember doing that funeral. I remember sitting with the couple after that and, and trying to, to, to help them through that, not knowing what to say or what to do. And I remember when we used to come together and sing, how they, it was so difficult for them to sing. But she said this to me, and I've never, ever forgotten it. She says, I couldn't sing, but I could stand in the way of God. And often when you're carrying pain, you pull away from people. Often when you're carrying pain, you pull away from God. It's the wrong thing to do. And you think, yeah, but I'll get upset, but I'll cry. So what? That's okay. The best thing to do is to stand in the way of God. Don't pull out of life. Secondly, don't transfer the pain. When we're carrying pain, if we don't deal with it, we often transfer it. A guy called Pete Wilson said this, if you don't let God transform your pain, then you will transfer your pain. Hurt people, hurt people. And if we don't deal with our pain, it leaks out. That's what grief does. It leaks out with anger. It leaks out with anxiety. It leaks out with fear. And if we don't deal with it, if we don't allow God to transform it, then we will transfer it. And here's the challenge. What we need to do is to be honest. We're honest about the pain we're carrying. We need to name it. You see, we, <laughs> you see, we name things to tame things. We name things to tame things. When we name it and say, this is why I'm feeling the way I am. This is why I'm reacting this way. This is in me. Then I think that's liberating. We name things to tame things. Be honest before God. Don't just bring to God what you think ought to be in you. Bring to God what is in you. And guys, I've never, ever known an eight weeks like this in my life. Never. You know, started with losing my mom and, and still trying to, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But, but all of the loss and all of the, the anxiety and feeling overwhelmed that we've experienced the last eight weeks, I've had that as well. I don't think God wants me to tell him what ought to be in me. I think God wants me to tell him what is in me so that I allow him, he who is bigger than my pain, to transform the pain that I have. You see, honesty is the soil in which intimacy grows. Honesty is the soil in which intimacy grows. Guys, be honest during this season. Number three, don't miss out on what God may want to do. There is purpose in our pain. As um, we said goodbye to my mom at the start of this whole period, and I realized that as a leader, as a pastor, you know, I was on you know, alert, got to try and lead the church, lead myself through this season. And uh, I knew that I was carrying grief and I'm carrying grief because of my mom. Uh, and I, I bought a book um, eight weeks ago, in fact, just, just as we went into lockdown. And it's a book by uh, a friend of mine called Malcolm Duncan, a guy, an uh, Elim pastor in Northern Ireland, great writer and thinker and speaker. And it's a book called Good Grief. And I want to highlight this book to you because, guys, this is such a brilliant book. In fact, I finished it yesterday and I sent Malcolm a message saying, Malcolm, this has helped me so much. You know, just trying to process 
um, the grief uh, that I'm going through and, and are going through. And he says this in his book. He says, I am not defined by my losses. I am being refined by my losses. Can I tell you, he, this guy knows about pain. In a two-year period, he lost so many people in, in, in his family. Brother-in-law committed suicide. Nephew committed suicide. Father died. So many tragedies. And yet in the midst of trying to deal with that, he said, actually... I'm not going to be defined by my pain. I'm going to be refined by it. And that family that I spoke to you about, I remember um, them sharing with me years ago. In fact, they shared it with the church as well, what grief is like. And you know, sometimes grief is actually a little bit like this ball, like this golf ball that I've got. And it's hard, okay? And it feels hard. And, and, and when, you, when you're carrying it, you're carrying this hard ball of grief. And what you're doing is if this represents my life, then what you do is grief and pain is all of a sudden in my life. And what happens is that, you can probably hear it, is that the, the grief is bumping up against the sides all the time. And it feels like nothing else will ever fit in my life again because of the pain that I'm carrying. And all the time that we live like that, then, then nothing's changing. And here's the thing about grief. You see, grief doesn't sometimes, if it's real grief, and I'm not talking about stepping on, on a piece of Lego, all right? I'm talking about real grief and real pain. Then, then actually, sometimes it doesn't disappear. And if we keep trying to make it work like this, then actually, all we can do is hear the clank and feel the pain of that grief. What we need to do is we need to find a bigger container. And when we find a bigger container, the grief's just the same. And maybe in the future, it's just the same. But you know, because the container is bigger, now there's more space and life can begin to live again. We've still got the grief. Time isn't always that great healer, but over time things change and life begins to move. And what bigger container is there to put our pain and our grief than God himself, who is bigger than our pain? So I wanna say, guys, don't miss out on what God might wanna do in this. And then finally, don't forget heaven. Don't forget heaven. Don't forget that you are not at the end of your story. The pain that you experience right now, one day will be completely removed. Revelation chapter 21, verse four, from the Passion Translation says this, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and eliminate death entirely. No one will mourn or weep any longer. The pain of wounds will no longer exist for the old order has ceased. God, are you there? God, do you care? God, can you do anything about it? Absolutely, he can. What I want you to listen to and watch now, I think is such an important moment for us. And I wanna encourage you not to get up, not to move, try not to be distracted right now. Many of you will know Chris and Abby Eaton, they're part of our church. And Chris is a songwriter, both of them are, but Chris has been writing songs for decades written some really, really famous songs, a number one song for Cliff Richard. He's written for people like Keith Urban and uh, country singer and many others. And one of my favorite songs of Chris's is, was a Christmas song called Mary's Song that Amy Grant recorded. But originally it wasn't written as a Christmas song. Uh, and it was written out of, out of pain and out of grief and, and out of loss that Chris went through in his own life. And uh, I asked him, um, how would you explain um, the writing of this song? And so these are his words, not mine. And he says this, I feel this song uh, was a gift to me in a moment where I was struggling to see God in all the things that were happening in my life. I searched for God. I was unable to pray, but I could play. And I began to play a new melody on the piano. 
God met me and then I began to say in the, in, in the lyrics all the things that I knew God was to me. You are harvest, you are golden sun, you are cool rain, you are all in one. And in all my deepest thoughts and in all my battles fought, you are within. And Chris says this, I truly believe in my desperation and my vulnerability, in my pain, by his Holy Spirit, God breathed new hope into my life. As I wrote the chorus, I broke down, overwhelmed, completely at my end. He filled me with his love, hope and compassion. I would never be the same from the moment he gave me this song. This song is called Breath of Heaven. And Chris has recorded it with us and with our guys. And as we show you that the first 100 days or so of this coronavirus crisis and you see the images on the screen and you hear this song, I want you to know, guys, that whatever pain you are carrying, God is there. God does care and he can do something about it. He might not change the pain, but he can change you. He can strengthen you in the middle of whatever you're carrying by his incredible power, by his breath of heaven. Receive from him today in your home as you hear and as you watch this amazing song, Breath of Heaven. She's so incredibly powerful. And uh, even though I'm on my own uh, <laughs> in this empty building, I just feel uh, the presence of God. And guys, I, I wanna pray for you uh, in these moments. And, and maybe you know someone who's in pain. Maybe you could pray for them right now that they would know the breath of heaven. So just join with me as I pray. And guys, as I pray, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never given your life to Him, you can right now. He might not take away all the pain. He might not, you know, take away all, all of the stuff inside of you. But, but what He will do is He'll strengthen you and you'll get peace in the middle of that pain. That's worth everything. So right now, there's an opportunity coming your way. If you're on church online, the little hand sign will go up or, or you can respond on YouTube or Facebook and say, I wanna respond. I wanna give my life to Jesus. You can do that right now. And I wanna pray for you. And it may be that you want someone to pray for you as well today. Again, you can respond. You can ask for prayer. Someone will pray with you and for you. So as I pray, those icons are gonna come up. Those opportunities are gonna come up. And I would, I would just encourage you right now, don't pull away. Don't disconnect. Don't pull back. Just bring God. Bring to God what's on the inside of you. God is bigger than our pain. And let's pray that the breath of heaven not only hold us together, but take us through this season. In Jesus' name, let me pray. Father, I wanna pray for every single person watching right now, whether they're watching in this moment that I'm speaking live or whether it's in the future, God, you're not bound by any of that. So Lord, would you just come and would you breathe your Holy Spirit with the breath of heaven touch people's lives right now. If there's anyone that doesn't know you, I pray that right now they will give their life to you, that they'll say, yes, Jesus, I wanna know you. God, I just pray right now that there will be responses, that we'll respond in our heart and we'll say, God, I want, a, I want a bigger container for my pain. It's been rattling around in the little jar of my life for way too long and I need a bigger space to put this ball of pain, this ball of loss, this ball of grief. And there's nowhere bigger, nowhere safer in the universe than in your hands. So God, I pray right now that there will be people will be responding to you. Lord, maybe someone needs prayer right now. Maybe someone's on their own in their home. 
God, may they know that they're not on their own. You are with them. Your spirit is with them. You do care. You are there and you can do something about it. And so Jesus, I just pray right now that we would all know that there is a God who is bigger than our pain, who's absorbed our pain, who will transform our pain, who will one day eradicate and remove our pain. And until that day, God, thank you that your breath of heaven, your spirit is with us. God, would you come? And breathe that life again, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, as we finish today, we're going to sing a final song. And we're not just adding this song because it's the end of our time together. Please don't rush off at the end. We've got a really, really special couple of guests for you in the post-service hangout. But before we get to that, I'll mention that in a moment. We're going to sing this incredible song. It's a new song that I know some of you know. And it's simply called Goodness of God. And we sang this at mom's funeral. And, um, you know, life is tough sometimes. But here's the thing. God is good even when life isn't. God is good even when life isn't. And as we sing this song, maybe you're carrying pain right now. And life don't feel good to you. God is good. Sing, worship because of the goodness of God. And you'll see what God can do in your pain and through your pain. Let's sing this song together.